Welcome to another episode of Game of Life with Dan and Harmon. It's just Dan here today. I'm joined by another Daniel, yes. which is great. Daniel Connell, welcome to the show. Thank you, mate. Comedian. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. How's life? Pretty good. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I can't complain. I, uh, uh, yeah, this time of year, obviously, you're fully aware. It's all mm-hmm. leading up to yes. the festival season in Australia for yeah. comedians. So I uh, go to Perth in a little while mm-hmm. and then, um, yeah, sort of my first half of my year is pretty full. So shows kind of where it needs to be <laughs> at this time of year. So, yeah, feeling, yeah. feeling all right. So the first time I met you was at Green Faces in Canberra over 10 years ago. Yeah. It would have been now. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it might even yeah. be longer. Yeah, probably longer because I think that was probably 2008, 2009. Well, 2009 I would have been, yeah. I reckon. Because I remember I participated in that yeah. and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Yeah, I was not yeah. prepared. I thought, oh, how hard could stand-up comedy be? <laughs> and I just did it and I found out how hard it actually is. <laughs> I think he won, right? Maybe that heat. Maybe. Yeah. And yeah, you must yeah. have won that heat then, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I went in the, I think I came third or something in the national final. Yeah, right. But um yeah, that that's oh nine. Yeah, that's around when I started. Um God, that's crazy. <laughs> Jackie Loeb was hosting that night. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Stevenson experience were on yeah. there that night. Yeah. Bloody hell, fifteen years. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Is that around the same time you first started? Pretty as much. Well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was um when I'd moved I moved to <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I moved to Melbourne in 2010 and, I th- yeah, I'd been going for like 14 months or something. Yeah. yeah, when I came here. So I moved here in March 2010. So, yeah, I, that was definitely in that first few months. Mm. The green green faces, that was – it's a terrifying experience. Mm. It's not oh, really yeah. – it's not going anymore but it, it, I, I didn't really know what to expect when no. I did it. I did it because I thought – you're everyone's a first yeah. timer, but people had been going for six or twelve or two years. It's literally the first time I ever got up yeah. on stage, and I didn't realize how easy it was just to sort of register. Yeah. I thought maybe you would have to sort of prove that you've been doing it for a while, but yeah. the people just called me up and said, "Oh, hey, you registered. Do you want to come and do it?" I'm like, uh, "Okay, sure." Yeah. Yeah. And I was fresh out of high school. I didn't have any sort of plans on doing <laughs> anything. Other than vet nursing that year, yeah. but that didn't go anywhere. So I thought, well, <laughs> fuck, how hard could it be? Yeah, no, no one does their first gig <laughs> of 350 punters in a pub. Yeah. Yeah, it's very un, unusual for your first experience. Usually it's five people. Yeah. In a little cave. <laughs> and then I think I did a comedy course not that long after with, which was run by Jay Sullivan. Oh, the one in, in the Canberra. Tug, the Tuggeranong Arts Centre. Yeah, one? I think he may have come in. I think I did yeah. went out there for one uh, lesson just to have a chat. But I was pretty much <laughs> I was at the same level as everyone else there. That actually so I didn't helped have me. Much to offer. That, I think that actually helped me because by the time that course ended, I think last week everyone sort of gets up on, or everyone did get up on stage yeah, yeah, and yeah. did what they've been working on for the last. That's right. Yeah. Three weeks, but it went well. Yeah. Maybe it only went well because there was only. There were people there that were actually there to support the people they knew. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's the good way <laughs> to do it. That made you feel it. good as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a better way to do it, easy mm. like that. Yeah. With family and friends being honest with you. Before. Instead of just going to some pub and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doing yeah. the competition, yeah. Yeah. And because those drunk people at the Irish club, yeah, those Knights of Green Faces, they, 
they don't care how long you've been doing it for. They mm. don't give a shit. Like no. there's no excuses. Like you can't say this is my yeah. first gig. They're like, I don't care. Make me laugh. Yeah. It's quite brutal. It's very intimidating. <laughs> yeah. I, remember, I just didn't realise how sort of brutal silence could be. <laughs> On mass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in a, yeah. In a little dingy over mic in Melbourne, it's fine. Yeah. Because there's five or ten people. Yeah. When it's that many, especially in a pub. Mm. Where you can normally hear some sort of sound. Yeah. When you can hear crickets. <laughs> yeah. It's the worst. I think I'd rather get heckled than than go on the stage to silence. Yeah. I think silence is more brutal. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. It's um so how long did it take you then to leave Canberra to come to Melbourne? So I was just there for pro- I, yeah. I lived in Canberra for about four or five years. Four years? Yeah. And then I, I, was, I did comedy for one mm. and a bit year in Canberra and then came here. I came here for the 08. No, I came here for the 09 Comedy Festival yeah. with Jay Sullivan. Yeah. We just came down for the week. Wasn't he dressed as a monk or something that year? Was he dressed as a monk? Oh, I'm pretty sure he was. Maybe the year. I think yeah. that was after I left. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. It wasn't that year. Yeah. And we just came down just to watch shows and we just stayed down for five nights and watched yeah. a bunch of shows. Yeah. And after that and just meeting comics down here, mm. I was like, I should move here mm. it was here or there or melbourne or sydney and i'd never been to melbourne i didn't know anyone here and it was a real like uh you know pack the car up and everything i own go for it moment you know and mum and dad were fine with it so uh they said go for it so yeah. that yeah i chose to move to melbourne in yeah 2010 uh well, well like comedic com- mm. comedy wise it was an easy choice because the mm. Options and the opportunities here are so much better than yeah. Canberra. Although Canberra's scene was fantastic mm. to start in, um, and it's certainly grown a lot more since since then. Yeah, as well. yeah. But then coming here, it was like starting from yeah. scratch again, and it took a good three or four years just to get, you know, mm. of going out every night of the week and meeting people. Mm. Not even doing gigs, just going to watch and meeting people and networking. Yeah, yeah, network, yeah. yeah, and. Get the foot in the door. Mm. Mm. Was that a um, – how scary was that? Did yeah. you have any sort of security down here when you came down here, like a job? Well, I did get a tr- – I did get a – I was working in a mail room in yeah. defence in Canberra. Yeah. And I did – I was able to move down here with that. But mm. it only lasted about six months and then I just got a job in a, a call centre or something. Yeah. Um, something I, you didn't have to think about too much. Yes. Just go into yeah. it and then – Yeah. And I, wa- I yeah. wanted to go – home back to canberra or boatman's bay a few times like yeah. i was nothing yeah for the first little while nothing was really happening through 2010 and then in 2011 just by fluke i got asked to host the comedy zone yes which is at yeah. the comedy festival i think i saw that that year yeah i'm pretty sure i did see that yeah you host that yeah yeah that it year, was yeah. it was myself luke Heggie, yeah ronnie chang jen wong and henry stone and yeah, that was kind of like that. Yeah. That then gave me the, um, the just kick. the motivation yeah. to stay in town because it was a pretty cool thing to do. And I thought, well, there people now might know who, who yeah. I am, or I might get a few more gigs out of this. Yeah, and it definitely helped. You know, so so did you sort of were you close to quitting at the end of that first year you were in Melbourne then? Not so much quitting comedy, just quitting Melbourne. Just quitting a, Melbourne. Yeah, just okay. going back to my safe little yeah. bubble in Canberra and yeah. going back to my job and just being able to do three or four gigs a month. Sort of, it's, um, yeah. Yeah. But then I realised, 
like anyone and people do it now and you think it's all going to happen soon mm. like you get you, you have a great 5 minute set yeah at a pub and it just kills for 5 minutes yeah. and you think well I've got this figured yeah. out you know <laughs> let's move to melbourne and I'll be on tv soon yeah but the longer you're here and the longer you realize it's just and you just talk to you know a few legends you'll run into around yeah. the scene who have been around for a while and seen it all mm. and you just get some good pieces of advice like you know that 10 year rule and it's going to take a while and yeah. nothing happens Overnight, and yeah, I didn't feel like I knew what I was doing. I didn't feel like I knew how to write a show properly. I didn't know what I was trying to say on stage, what my stage presence was. I did, uh, until probably seven or eight years in, I reckon. And mm. that's doing three hundred gigs a year. <laughs> you yeah. know, like it take yeah. it take it just takes a while. Um, yeah, I didn't think I had the patience to do it. <laughs> <that long. laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it's uh, yeah, it's a slog. I did try it on and off for a year in that year in Canberra mm. during that yeah that same sort of period um, where I did that comedy course. Yeah. A couple, a few went well, yeah. and then again, like just going on to silence. Like <clears throat> I wasn't overly prepared for anything. Yeah, and I think you're someone who would have prepared for something like like that Green Faces open <laughs> mic thing because yeah. you were really good. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd yeah. always written, I'd wanted to do stand-up from about 17, I reckon, mm. and I, I didn't tell anyone. And even younger, maybe like 14 or 15. But I didn't tell anyone, but I started writing jokes. I left school, I became a chef, mm. and I was living in Jindabyne and I just, I, I was writing jokes like in my downtime. I don't know. You lived in Jindabyne? Yeah, for three years. Yeah, yeah. I lived in Cooma. Did you really? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> from year seven to about ten, yeah. Yeah, right. Beautiful parts of the world. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, and I was, I don't know what, it, like I don't know what was, huh. I had no like idea of when I'd ever do stand-up mm. or if I'd ever do stand-up, but I just had a book, like a, like a school yeah. kid's book and yeah. I just wrote comedy on the front. Yeah. And then I just write little things that came to my head mm. um, for probably four or five years before I started. Yeah. So when I st- had the first gig, I went through the book and found the best sort of 10 minutes in there. Yeah. And a lot of it was trash. Mm-hmm. You know, it just goes out of date or mm. doesn't make sense five years later. But um, yeah, I, I guess I'd always had the idea that I'd do it, but it yeah. was just confidence and Wanting yeah. to speak in front of people that held me back for quite a while. How do you run for your material before you take it onto a stage? Do you actually stand in front of a mirror and just say it out loud? How, how do you do it? No, I'm not an out. I can't do the out loud thing. I know a lot of mates that do. It is strange. Yeah, Doing yeah. It in just, your bedroom, just yeah. That's what I found. So I actually did prepare something for that green faces thing, and then yeah. end up using none of it because I forgot everything. As yeah, soon as yeah. You, you don't sort of realize how how quickly you can just forget something you've prepared yep. as soon as you get up on the oh, yeah, stage yeah. and start doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like a lot of people will have like notes on stage during like a trial show or something and I bear no ill will to those people because I yeah. get it. Yeah. But a lot of or like your regular sort of punters who don't do stand-up comedy would probably look at that and be like, well, they're not a professional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're referring to their notes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I, uh, I found that hand handwriting things out yeah. helps me remember it better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've always handwritten, still in the books, the school kid books. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, hundred twenty pages. And I find if I if it's a brand new bit, I write, like write it out. 
I'll I'll do it just in my head on in the yeah. car on the way to the gig. Turn the music off. Just sit in a quiet car and drive yeah. and do it. And I find if I've just got a beginning, middle, and an end that I just tattooed to my brain, mm-hmm. I'm fine. I can get to each yeah. point, you know, roughly. Mm-hmm. And then that, that just the the blur between the beginning, middle, and the end yes. that gets better over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how I've learned to do it. But I find like if it's if you really like it, as soon as you write it, you mm-hmm. remember it. Like if it's you know it's a yes. good bit straight away. Yeah. You remember it yeah. so easily. It's the ones you're not sold on. Yeah. And you're not 100 percent sure, and then you just don't plug in as well. Mm. Um, very rarely now do I have one where I go and I find oh, it's got a rough idea. Mm. Does that then turn into something that stays in a show? Mm. It's often the ones that I already am writing it, going, "Oh, this is mm. funny." Knowing how I'm going to say it and what I'll do yeah. at this point, and when I'll take a breath and a beat or whatever, you know, it's all yeah. sort of. But that that's all come with time. That's yeah. all 15 years yeah. later. Yeah. Of learning how to write for yourself, and mm. uh, I couldn't have done that yeah. six years ago, five years ago. So, were you pretty confident early on when you started doing it? Comedy? No, no, no. Yeah. I, I, I like coming from a country town and yeah. pretty laid back parents mm-hmm. and family. I, I think yeah. I can look more comfortable than I am. Like I can, yeah, because I, st- I don't speak super fast anyway, and I'm yeah. pretty laid back. Yeah. Um, what uh, in my head though it's yeah. the hamster wheel you yeah. know it's my heart's absolutely flying yeah. out of my chest like i remember when i did my first i did my first gala in 2017 mm. so like eight years in two not not really ready for that sort of yeah. thing but i said yes yeah um, well, how do you say no exactly exactly no <laughs> one's saying no to that yeah and it wasn't until after i realized that mm. i probably wasn't ready for it but mm. my i didn't know a heart rate could go as fast as mine did that night. I've never been, and I doubt I ever will be yeah. as scared to walk out and onto a stage. That gala spot, was that the first time you sort of knowingly were, you know, you knew you were going to be on television? Yeah. Is that yeah. why? Yeah. Yes. Oh, it's yeah. just a different, I, I, I guess because I grew up watching the galas. Mm. Um, I said this on a podcast the other day, not that I, I never set myself goals of what I wanted yeah. to do. I'm very much a... Um, day, you know, mm-hmm. take it as it comes, work hard and just see whatever happens yep. person. But gala would have been something I would like to have done if I did 20 years in stand-up, yeah. you know. Uh, so I had all those things I'd watched. Mm. Am I good enough? I'm probably not ready for this. Yeah, I know I've got four minutes that can go well. I've yes. got two two-minute bits that always go well in clubs. So I'll just do those two-minute yeah. two bits. All I need to do is to be able to speak properly. <laughs> you just need to be able to speak clearly. But you do a rehearsal. There's literally boom cameras flying across in front of you yeah. as you walk out. Like yeah. 2,800 people. I never gigged in front of that many people. If you're before. doing that for the first time as well, mm. that'd be so yeah. off-putting. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you go on there and just you know, yeah, the ro- forget it. Yeah, yeah. and the roar, the sound when yeah. you walk out, um, the like producers standing next to you and tapping you on the shoulder. When you get the tap, that means you've got to walk. Yeah. Yep. And just thinking, I, Will Anderson saying my name and thinking I have to go out there now. Yeah. Like there's no, this is TV being recorded. There's 20, I have to walk to that spot yeah. on the ground. Yeah. Like, and I was just yeah. so, my legs were like jelly. Mm. I felt so sick in the stomach. Mm. Um, but if you watch it, I watch it now and I can tell that I'm terrified. But yeah. 
people who don't know me yeah can would never think know. it's yeah. yeah but then i think if you watched all i've done a couple since if you watch all of them as the years go on mm. it's you you would see less fear in my eye you can actually see if you look at my eyes there's yeah, yeah. there's an element of fear that goes away as the years go on <laughs> did did that help um <laughs> Your ticket sales that year? Did, did uh, do yeah, that's yeah, right, yeah, yeah, it did. It, but then, on the flip side, of that I don't think my show matched my show as a whole. Yeah, right. it was called Stacks On that year. Yes, and I was at the back of the town hall. I definitely right. got better yeah. sales, mm-hmm. and I got a few extra followers and things. Mm-hmm. Um, but the show, those two gags were in the show. Yeah, and they were probably the strongest part of the show. Yeah, so I was getting people coming. But then they were, had seen it on telly. Yeah, so they, just they wouldn't laugh as, as much. Yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. But it, it it helped like that. Probably what it's helped more so is those clips now. Like, um, like the, I do, do a joke on there about spiders, and like on Facebook, like last year. Mm. What's that? Like six years later, the clip got a million views on yeah. Facebook. That that would be more. Yeah, right. what it's been been. Yeah grateful um now mm. cir- circulating online than at the time yeah i think the 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 one i noticed the most was probably 20 2021 they had a gala that was to that's, half the crowd yeah that's COVID right the COVID, yeah and i had a my show that was the first time i felt like my yeah. show was as strong across the yeah. board as the four minutes on the mm. telly so it kind of rolled into one well, um that year was a great year for local acts as well yes. because you weren't yeah. getting international no international people yeah. coming in either. Mm. Yeah, there was a lot of people got their first go that year, yeah. which is great. Yeah. It's um yeah, it was so strange seeing you on the on the gala mm. for the first time, knowing that <laughs> oh, that's the guy I was in that competition yeah. years and years and years ago. <laughs> yeah. Could I have done that if I just stuck with it? But yeah. <clears throat> I don't think I'm that type of person. Because I get too nervous right. before I go on stage. Like at a certain point I was I just thought, well, why am I putting myself through this, you know, sick, sick yeah, thing in yeah. my in the pit of my stomach? But when I'm once I'm up there, it's fine and everything mm. and you know, it can be rewarding. But it's just that sort of moment before going up that you just yeah. I couldn't get over. Have you done it? Tried it again now, a bit later, later down the track. No, I've never thought about going back to it yeah. since because, I mean, I've got a writer's brain more so than yeah. than a perform performance mm. brain. But I'd I'll, rather write than than perform. Yeah, but when I'm performing groups, I don't get nervous at all because mm. you have that sort of safety net of others. Yeah, but when you're out there on stage, you that's when you by yourself. That's when you're the most sort of vulnerable. Yeah. I, yeah. I think you'd find if you went back and did it now, you wouldn't nearly be yeah as churny in the guts because mm. I just find as you get older, you just don't care yeah. as much yeah, what I've, people think. And two, this sort of stuff, this pod, you know, talking yeah. and conversation, yeah. and oh, I've gotten a lot better yeah. for sure, just conversationally. Yeah, um, a year ago, you know, I was mm. more introverted, and I think yeah. by doing this, I've become. A bit more extroverted yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah, I, I did a podcast for maybe fifty episodes. Yeah, and I found just that for crowd work, like talking to the crowd, long, yeah. like I'd never used to do it, but mm. just the I was just able to have a conversation with someone better on yeah. stage, and you just think, yeah, you just it just makes you think quicker and on mm. the spot, sort of under pressure. 
you yeah you're using those muscles and after a certain time you don't even realize you've yeah. gotten good so, yeah 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 well, watch this space yeah <laughs> they bring back green maybe faces. I, I think uh i got a lot of friends who keep trying to nudge me to do it again but <laughs> i don't know i don't know if i have that sort of funny bone in me well yeah this is where the seed was planted again yeah so. when did you do that um show about gambling when, when did that come into, into that, play? that was in 2015 yeah, 2015. 2015, yeah. So it's pretty early, early on. Yeah, like um, what's that? Yeah, probably my – I think yeah. I did my first show in 12, mm. 12, 13, 14. So my fourth yeah. solo show, yeah. So it's a bit more personal than your sort of standard yeah. gambling panel show? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, um, I, I'd had a gambling problem in in the Canberra days yeah. and Jindabyne days from I pretty much from when I was seventeen to maybe like twenty, I quit. Mm. I quit gambling in two thousand and nine yeah. to start of. Uh, so pretty much that period, like a probably eight year period where I was right, really just hooked by mm. gambling on horse horse racing. Uh, and I yeah, I'd always written stuff down, and I thought that I reckon I could do something now. And I think like a lot of mates came to it, and comedy comedians and friends in comedy and. People really liked it, but it just wasn't funny enough. Like mm. it wasn't um, – I think like the message, if it had any message, made people think about if they were gambling or whatever. But, yeah, um, yeah it just didn't have enough – it wasn't punchy yeah. enough for, I don't think, a comedy festival. Yeah. Um, it, went, it went fine. I was in a tiny little room, so there wasn't much of a gamble mm. in that regard. Uh, but I think now – I think if I came back at it now and tried again, I could do it much better. Yeah job mm. but um it's kind of just sitting there waiting mm. to be looked at you know were, were you um educated when it came to money no nah, nah, yeah no nah, no nah. so i yeah just small country town obviously boatman's bay um yeah I, we don't come from money or you know yeah um very working class you know so i it's funny, like uh, m- m- looking back, my parents didn't have much, mm. but we always felt like we did. They, they, they somehow managed yeah. to make it, make us. We always played sports and yeah. got new cricket bat, and you don't realize it until you're much older. Yeah, your parents, yeah, probably they, were just sort of really middle class. Yes, and not, yeah. yeah, like we lived with yeah. my pop for a number of years. Yeah. All of us, like my mm. sisters, mum, and the five of us. Mm. Um, and I never thought about that, and now you think, God, they must have been really yeah. battling, you know. Um, but yeah, money. Yeah, I, I yeah, I've only really come to appreciate it in the last um, probably decade. I would say yeah. like since I quit gambling and understand how money works and mm. savings. And <laughs> when did you notice you had a slip? Like, when did you notice that it was bad? When it was getting really bad? Well, when I wanted, when I wanted, because I started stand up. Yeah, and I was still gambling. I started doing this thing yeah. where I wouldn't gamble on days i had a gig because i didn't wanted the luck to go into the yeah gig. right that's how my thought process was uh and it was around that time where i it was just like this sunday afternoon and i i, I was getting paid fortnightly in my defense job mm. pretty decent money for just sorting mail like yeah. it was an aps3 probably you know 50 grand or something a mm. year so what's that like i don't know it's getting maybe like 1400 a fortnight or something mm. like that and I had just sorting mail. Yeah, and I had no no expenses. <laughs> yeah. I was sharing yeah. like I was in a three better with two mates, paying maybe hundred and fifty bucks a week. 
rant give that you know yeah just this Girolang crappy old house and um a few power bills and things so i had a lot of play money and i, would, I had no idea about investing or like yeah. saving yeah at this point so I, I would spend majority on my pay by the first weekend so then i'd have yeah eight nine days till the following payday just to live off 30 bucks or something and that was my life for like i did that for four or five years like mm. I, that was just the norm of i'd get payday i'd buy a reasonable size grocery shop freeze meat freeze sausage rolls bread yeah, yeah. put it you know buy muesli bars just to try and knowing that i'd have no money by sunday mm. and then i'd need that for the following week fill my car up and try and you know but i'd have so many times where three days before payday i'd be on the light on my car <laughs> Another call in sick because I couldn't <laughs> couldn't make it get, to work. Couldn't make it there, or yeah. just get a lift yeah. off a mate. Um, so it was around it was it was around the end of that period. Like oh, when I started comedy, I had something that I was interested in for the first time that kind of was taking up a lot of my mind, and mm-hmm. I was so into it. I was so I'd met these new mates like Jay and yeah. Mo uh, Mo Parsonson and Tom yeah. Gibson, mm-hmm. these guys that I really clicked with, and I. I remember thinking I'm going to move to Melbourne, so I'll go. I'll, I'll move to Melbourne in a year. That was my plan. Yeah. So I'll go cold turkey, thinking I could do like a month of no gambling. Then I did three months, six months, and after six months, I had like maybe six or seven grand saved. And I was like, how how much have I been spending? <laughs> yeah. Like, just imagine re- yeah. if I didn't do yeah, this at all. I, did, I didn't. Much, ne- yeah. I'd never thought, calculated the numbers. Yeah. But I was like, I must have been, you know, twenty grand a year. I must have been. Mm gambling so that that was the like what a, i've just spent like yeah 150 to 200 grand the last little while that's a, at the time that was a you pay for an apartment in canberra like out yeah. in those suburbs a one better like mm. so yeah it was kind of that realization yeah uh, that was super scary like i was so naive i said it in the show like i thought i thought i was going to be a professional punter that's how mm. brainwashed i was and how much i thought i had the whole system figured out yeah but the reality is nobody has it figured out. Mm-hmm. It's You can be a form analyst and know everything about every jockey and every horse, but it's a human on an animal. Yeah. Anything can happen. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not a thing that can be. The, the, and my dad used to say to me, there's a reason bookmakers are living in mansions and mm-hmm. where, you know. It's something I'm not. I was pretty sort of naive when it came to money when I first moved out as well. Like I would buy things I wouldn't need and then realize, hey, yeah, I've spent all my income in the first couple of days. Mm. I really wish there was that, you know, sort of education when I moved out of home to say, hey, this is how you use your money. Yeah. This is how you should use your money. Yeah. I wonder if kids get that now in school. I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, Must be just up to the parents. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I got a son now, and I'm just like, you got two piggy banks. I'm yeah. like, put it away, mate. Save it. Get a paddle pop another mm. day. Did your parents notice there was a there was a gambling problem? I reckon they may have, but I kept like that's one thing about gambling. You out of all of them, it's a one you can keep mm-hmm. secret. Uh, yeah, I was never going. I was never going to parties, or I'd miss birthdays, or going down the coast for some event, and I'd just say I was crook or yeah. You know, I had to do this or I had to play cricket, or mm. but I wasn't. I was just sitting. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of excuses. Um, but my dad had similar things when he was younger, so he kind of right. maybe could see some similar traits. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they um, 
Well, yeah, super supportive once I said, you know, we need to stop. And mm. then like now my dad still likes a bet, you know, and I can sit I can sit in a pub or a tab with him all day and, and I don't even get one even. Don't yeah, even don't, occur to you. No, yeah. don't get any sort of and um I still like watch the Melbourne Cup. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't I don't have any I had a little bit tingly for maybe a year afterwards, but I have not yeah, because I just know that that whole thing of how much was went down the gurgler. Yeah. Is just enough to always make me So it was easy to just sort of switch that part of your brain off then? Oh I, I wouldn't say super easy. Like I was having yeah. nightmares. Really? Yeah, like Six months in, I'd wake up and have to check my wallet to see if there was any tickets in there because I, I was afraid I'd yeah had a bet in the dream. Um, yeah, there was there was, a, there was a few like close calls. Yeah, um, I t- said it in the show. At one point, I I I around when I was probably six months in the stand-up, I had the money in the bank, I had like that six or seven grand, mm. and the, I used to bet on the golf a lot. And there was this Aussie golfer and I'd always kept an eye on it and he was going really well and there was a tournament starting in America and I was like, oh, I should just, I'll just go and have a hundred bucks yeah. on him. Like I won't do anything else. And I drove to, and sat in the car park at the Kipax TAB. And th- I don't know, yeah, thankfully I didn't go in, I drove away. Yeah. But yeah, just close stuff like that. Like I don't know, if I go in and do that yeah. and he wins, mm. I'm in again, you know. Mm. I'm, yeah, That's just an all-consuming thing. Yes, yeah. yeah. I think you... I've got. I think I've got that addictive sort of personality. Personality yeah. where um, I need something to take my, you know, yeah, take all of my attention. And comedy is that. Yeah. Thankfully, <laughs> now. So you think you'd be in trouble if it weren't for comedy? Um, I, I definitely would have had to go. I think I'm like now, you know, a bit wiser and yeah. smarter, and you know, I have people around me. Like um, now, once my sisters knew about it, and mm. now that my wife, she, I obviously wasn't with her back then, but mm. I think I have steps in place now that yeah. I wouldn't go back. Yeah, but um, and but if I didn't do stand up at that time, I probably would have yeah yeah gambled for a number of years after. But I would have liked to think I would go to get help at some point because mm. that 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 side of things, like I was not afraid of. You know, if it, if it got to that, I think I would have got gone to a, you know, gambling awareness or something. Yeah. Mm. Do Do you see it around you now? Do you see fellow? Oh, you know, do you see gamblers around you? Yeah, I find it. I it's horrible. I think it's just it, it's just something that's turned a blind yeah. eye with this country, with this government, and it's. I think it's really up to parents now to educate their kids on. Especially at like, I'm talking like twelve or thirteen, I reckon mm. fourteen. Like, start talking to them about gambling because I got yeah. I got a mate that's a teacher at a prominent private boys' school here in Melbourne, yeah. And they are getting fifteen, sixteen year old kids mm. betting in class on that's, their phone. That's insane. Watching races yeah. using their parents' accounts, that's and I'm not crazy. talking one or two. I'm talking yeah. like like hundreds, you know, of incidences in a year. Which is in isn't that just spooky mm. like that's yeah. yeah the the and no one's nothing's happening about it it's just because it's such a revenue raiser for mm. the you know they're making so much money off it well I, um, I remember like even in primary school we would all sort of stop and watch the melbourne yeah. cup and the teachers would be yeah encouraging that sort of yeah who's taking bets on 
who, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's ingrained. It's almost this rite of passage once you turn 18 that you have a bet, you know, yeah. and a drink. But which is fine. I want just people to know, like, you can gamble, go for it. You know, I don't think you're ever going to tell kids don't gamble because as soon it's as just, you say don't, yeah. they will want to do it. It's just falling into that spiral. Exactly. Yeah. Where it's just all consuming. It. Yeah. Just understand yeah. your limits and bet within your means and just know that very easily this can get out of control. So have your wits mm. about you, you know. And I just don't think that's taught enough mm. to kids. I've got nephews and my oldest nephew, he likes a, you know, he likes a sports bet account mm. and a bet on the sports with his friends. And I just, I said to him when he was 18, I just sat him down and I was like, this can happen, this can happen. And he just, yeah. his eyes were so wide, you know, he was like, what? I was yeah. like, this is what I did. This is what I regret. Don't fuck it up. It can you be know? very easy for someone to start living beyond their means. Mm. As well, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It's um, and the the worst the worst the, the worst thing it's gotten, and it's gotten out of control in the last decade is the whole, and it's predominantly young guys. Mm. Is this whole every ad is mates, your mates, yeah. you with your mates, yes. so they make them feel like an outcast if you're not yeah. gambling with your mates, if you're not in that crew, mm. you're you're not one of the boys. Yeah, you know. They're scared to say no. They're scared to not participate because they're afraid their friends are going to drop off them. Mm. You know, they need they need to teach these kids that you know to accept your mate that's not yeah. wanting to have a punt. Well, it's the same with drinking as well. Same thing. Like yeah. very, you know, I was reluctant to sort of start drinking when I was in high school. Yeah, but I, I don't know what it was in me that sort of sort of was a bit reluctant to drink. Yeah. Now I drink all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's yeah. it's strange. Like, yeah, it's, why why is it's it probably so just something in, yeah. you, in you that you're wary of? Yeah, you might have seen someone when you're a kid. Maybe seen someone drunk on the street or something that just was like, you know, I know yeah. I had that that mm. I didn't want to. I remember mates on drugs at parties that were just absolute pests, and I was like, I just don't want to be that guy. Yeah, things like that, you know, sit sit with you and you're remembered of it, but like. People try and advocate and try and people try and stop horse racing, stop gambling, stop drinking. We are not going to stop it in our lifetime. No, like I don't think it's ever going to stop. It'll only get bigger mm. and better. All we can worry about is educating kids from a very young age of the dangers of it, and that's got to. I think they, everybody needs to focus on that more than picketing at things, trying mm. to stop it because it's it's not going. It's anywhere. not going to help. Mm. Um, it's so ingrained in. Australian culture. Mm. I think it's an Australian culture yeah. thing more than anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's um which which is fine. Yeah. You know, it's all fine, but um when yeah, I just feel like more can be done. Mm. Cuz I remember when I was like 12 or 13, some cops came to school and they talked about it to us about safe driving. Maybe I was like 14 or 15 yeah. when we were getting our yeah. L's and they talked about deaths, road deaths they'd been to, these two mm. cops, and I was horrified. I remember yeah. after that day I was like, oh, I'm not speeding. Yeah. If I was in a car with mates going to get Maccas or something on our lunch break and they were mucking mm. around, I'd like whack them in the head and stuff. Yeah. Like stop, you know, like I would, I'd just stay with me forever, like safe driving. Mm. And I think that's what – That's probably what, what – Schools are lacking now. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I said to my mate, like, he's in that. He said they have, like, 
maybe like gambling awareness will come, yeah. but they're just reading a script. Yeah. I think they need more people who have had lived experiences yeah. you need scaring like, them. You need something like, um, you know, um, Healthy Harold or what was, exactly, that? was yeah. that giraffe's name? Harold, yeah. it was Healthy, yeah, Harold. Healthy Harold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need something like that. Yeah. yeah, he was scary. He was scary. When it was, when it was robotic, <laughs> it was super scary. When it would come out of... It was it, robotic? I it was robotic, it being I, robotic. And then it went to puppet. Yeah, yeah. Was, I've only seen the puppet. Right. Yeah. yeah. Previous, I'm probably a bit older than you. Yeah. I'm 33. Pre- yeah, I'm a bit yeah. older. Yeah. So that generation before. Yeah. That was mechanical and it was fucked. Mechanical? You could hear the blink, the clicking of the blinks as it blinked. Like That's a, just not right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we need something like that. Yeah. Just need a, a, pro, a former gambler who's seen some shit to really yeah. plug it into their brains. Yeah. So, man, well, that was a bit of a diversion. Yeah. It's a topic, but I'm glad we talked about it. It's good to it's talk not been, about, I it's think. It's not been said. Mm. Um, yeah, it needs to be said more. I, I, I did love your podcast. Why'd you stop doing that? Uh, I just I got to fifty episodes, and it was real. It was really fun. Like I I enjoyed it, but stand up became my main line of income, Mm -hmm. and I needed just to put all my time into that. Yeah, I was uh, I was doing a podcast. I was doing a couple of days writing at the project, and I had a kid, and something had to give. Yeah, I want to spend time with. I need I, I need to look yeah. after my son when my wife works during the day, mm. so I needed days for that. And then comedy being number one mm. by far out of the out of those three, I needed to just put all my eggs into that yeah. work. So I so I just I just I just ran out of time yeah. to do it. I I I'd like to go back to it. It was one day. It's a good podcast. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was just like simple conversations and yeah, all people mainly comedians. Um, yeah, but. Um, yeah, it was a good while last, and people. I still get messages from people saying they listen to it, yeah, or just, just have just found it. Some of the things would be a bit outdated because <laughs> it's yeah, um, like different sports people, or it's yeah. about their career at that time. But uh, I think like the one with like people like Sam Pang and Glenn Robbins, mm-hmm. I think those ones are will always um, be good to listen to. Like Glenn's yeah. got some great, just some great insight into Kath and Kim and all that sort of stuff, and how he started and. Full Frontal and Uncle Arthur, you know, yeah. there's amazing, all those fantastic characters he's mm. played. So that was a cool one. And my, funny, the one that gets the most listens still is my cousin in Perth is a plastic surgeon. Yeah. Um, and he specialises in breast reconstruction mm-hmm. after um, breast cancers when mm. women have the mastectomy. And he's he's just like very well-known Australia-wide. He's very sought after and he doesn't have – a website or anything, he just yeah. has yellow pages listing because he's so <laughs> booked out. Yeah. And I think people Google his name and find the podcast is the one thing that comes <laughs> up. So if, are they, like if there's women that are interested in yeah. seeing him, they listen to the podcast with him. So yeah. he's one, he's by far the most listened to still mm. now. Just the other day I looked at the stats and he, his was like in the last week was like 21 listens. And yeah. The next closest were like two listens or something. Yeah. Sort of. Crazy, like the something you sort of left behind a while ago, yeah, still yeah. still getting listened to. Yeah, and yeah. work that you've sort of done, like, and you've got all that footage from the gala just sort of sitting there that will mm. sort of outlast outlast your career in comedy, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's um, that it's nice to have some nice clips. Yeah, for sure. mm. that people can actually go back and listen to. Yeah, yeah. it's strange, just just all sitting there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So how how did 
marriage and sort of having a kid sort of shake up your life uh in comedy i think it definitely made me it's funny like you i'm sure anybody listening that has a child i just don't know what i did with all my free time yeah like i'd I, I worked hard and I was gigging a lot and I was able to write a new show every year. Mm. But my shows since I've had a child and my time has become finite. Yeah. Are so much better than yeah. they were. I, and I know I'm further into my career but mm. I just feel like I, if I get three hours now on a, on a Tuesday morning to write, mm. I get so much more done <laughs> than mm. I would have over a week yeah. previously. So it just gives you, it's just a bit of a rocket, really rocket up your you know, backside mm. to get you to snap into gear and make you more responsible. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you get you know you got another mouth to feed, so you got to yeah. Um, yeah, you you sort of take it. Not that I didn't take it seriously, but everything just goes up. You, know, you just yeah. want to become more professional and yeah, um, work harder and use your time much more wisely. Mm. Um, and then my wife's side of things like. Um, just so like she used to do stand up, so she sort of gets the the scene and everything, yeah. and she's very removed from it now. But she understands how it all works, so that's great yeah. to have that ear to mm. to uh, bounce off. And um, yeah, she's just a great person. So yeah. it's yeah, it's it's just added a nice kind of you know I feel mm. very happy in that regard. So then I think that then comes in out in. Other ways in your stand up mm. or your work is does life on the road get tougher? Uh, it's not too bad. No, mm. we um, I like I do tours and things, but I'm very rarely away for mm. more than four nights at a time. So I'll go to Perth soon, and I'm away for six nights, and that's kind of max. I go yeah. to Adelaide, and they'll come over and join me there. So yeah. we try and get them to come where they can and where we can afford to have all of us there. Yeah, but. Uh, that little bit of time away, you know, that sort of makes you really look forward to getting home. And how many months of the year are you home now? Uh, it's hard to say. Like it, like I, um, that last twenty twenty three, I I did all the festivals, so mm. I've travelled all to all the different festivals. Melbourne's obviously home, so it's the longest one. So I'm here anyway. And then I did probably eighteen tour shows, yeah, for maybe two or three nights away. Mm-hmm. So what's that? Eighteen times three, so maybe a couple of months, a couple of months. And then I'm doing cruises, corporate stuff, and just going into state for other things. So maybe three yeah. months, I guess, mm-hmm. total out of not out of a nine home. So it's not yeah. like it's not crazy, yeah, and it's really sporadic. So it's not. Um, a couple of years ago, I did eighteen days in WA for the road show. We just, I just, because it was yeah, good, that's a, good chunk of time, good yeah. time of the year, and but that was too long. Well, like yeah, that was brutal. Yeah, just like how much my son had changed yeah. in eighteen days was enough. When I got home, I was like, yeah, I won't, I won't do that again. We've had, um, you know, <clears throat> people in here, in here who have been in, you know, big musicals like Mamma mm. Mia or yeah, Beauty right. and the Beast. Yeah. They're just like constantly oh, yeah. on the road yeah. touring. Like yeah. they're never, they're always living out of the suitcase. Yeah, and I, I could, find that life. I could just not live that life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, <clears throat> I like to have that that base to come home to. Mm. I think you've got to really be that 
I know a few people like that, like people who follow fringes around the world yeah. and don't really have a set address. Mm. And I think you you either love that or you you yeah you it's one or the other. Yeah, I don't think you can be someone who like me who likes to have a home base then to try and do yeah. it because I think you just go a bit wild. Mm. Um, do you think you'd rather live that sort of lifestyle of having a home base because you grew up in country towns? Because that's what I think. I think because I grew up in country towns, I prefer to stay in sort of yes. one place and sort yeah. of yeah. Yeah, I be am, too adventurous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely uh, – I like Melbourne. I like the city mm. and I will live here mm. for – I, I, I don't think I would move anywhere else mm. at this point. But the country and the the hills, yeah, and a open a fire, yeah, outside sitting around it with a whiskey mm. is drawing me. For, will always draw me. Yeah, out, you know, I I really want to move back somewhere. Yeah, you know, whether it's you know bright or you know somewhere. I've just I've been to so many lovely places in Victoria, yeah, and um, like Wee Jasper, Wee Jasper, yeah, you know, outside yeah. of Canberra, like just places like that. I just I can just see myself being there eventually. <laughs> yeah. So so I specifically moved to Melbourne because I well I'm a big comedy fan yeah. and I I'm also a big theatre fan as well. Yeah. And there's jobs out here, so there's opportunities mm. out here. So I don't think I'd leave anytime soon. But because I come from like small country towns yeah. as well. I always sort of I'm still drawn to that sort of lifestyle lifestyle because I prefer the quiet. Yeah. And I prefer not having cars on the road. Yeah. <laughs> it is a nice thing to when you shut like yeah. put your head down and you can't hear yeah. anything. I'm not a crowd person either. I yeah. hate crowds. Yeah. Either I think so? that's yeah, yeah. I like I don't mind yeah, I, I hate like I went to a this is first world problems, but I went to a <laughs> golf driving range last night. Yeah. Thursday night, I had a night off, met a mate, they're just going hit, and it was packed. And I was like, what the fuck? Why is it so busy? Just go out. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't, yeah, I like things when they're, mm. I like going places when it's not school holidays. Yeah. And I like, if I go to Chadston or some big supermarket, supermarket, some big yes. mall, <laughs> supermarket, uh, for, to get, I'd like to go, yeah. like, I'll look up when the quietest time is. Yeah. You know, I like, yeah. So the parking's easier. Yeah, and get in. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that one. Uh, I rem- so I lived in Yass for a while. Oh yeah, yeah and yeah. I remember like one of my cousins who came to visit from like Sydney. Um, with you know going out for a walk or something one night, and she was like, "Okay, so where's the mall? What are you talking about? <laughs> mall? <laughs> you got the Woolies down there? Yeah. You don't have a mall? What are you talking about? Mall? Yeah, the main street. <laughs> yeah, the main street. It's a good. Yes, main street's a good yeah. main street. But yeah, there's no mall. I, it's been such. It's been such a long time since I've been back to Yass and Canberra mm. and Cooma. I, I don't know how they hold up today. I think they're all gone. Yeah. Good. Yes, is a great spot. Is yes, it? is the 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 main drag there is mm. beautiful. Yeah, I haven't I been back there in over ten years. Yeah, right. Even though I still yeah. have family there. I I've been to Kuma for a while. Yeah, I've, I've been to Kuma for a while. Either. I've driven through in the last decade. Like I've been yeah. to Jindabyne and stuff, but mm. Canberra's absolutely mm. out of control. Like it, it'll be touching. It'll be touching Kuma eventually. Like the new houses there are just. Yeah. There's suburbs now that used to just be paddock. Mm. Like the back roads of Canberra are now all just new suburbs. That's crazy Fastest to me because when I was Australia. when I was there, it's just so boring. And yeah, everybody says that about Canberra that it's 
you know, it's got that reputation. But I, I think it's both my sisters mm. live there, and I, I got a lot of time for Canberra. I think it's yeah, yeah, especially work wise. If you're and if you're trying to raise a family, I think it's a great spot. Yeah, and and people never, people never. Uh, there was a, a small amount of people, but people are exploring Stromlo and mm. you know all those great bushwalks and Wee Jasper yeah. and uh, the Cotter at yeah. the back, all yeah. the, the rivers and everything. People are now that's really popular now, mm. like mountain biking and bushwalking. And once you add that into it, and you realise what's in the Brinabella is right at your doorstep, yeah. I think that changes the whole dynamic of Canberra. It's, it is a little bit vanilla with the public mm. service and everything around the city, but. It's got mm. it's got some great stuff once you you look it up or yeah. get out there. I remember just I whenever a big comedian would come to do the Canberra Theatre, I yeah. knew what a big deal that would be because yeah. they would never come out that way when I was growing up there. Yeah, so it would always be a massive deal when someone would do a show there. Yeah, I remember seeing. I was living in Jindabyne. We drove down to see Ross Noble at the Canberra yeah. Theatre. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah, it was like maybe two thousand. Six, yeah. I reckon. You sort of, you sort of um, don't appreciate it when you're here in Melbourne that people do shows all month long during the comedy festival. But mm. people who are living out in Canberra only get maybe one or two or three opportunities to go and see this one specific show. Yeah, they've just done a month. Yeah, <laughs> in yeah. Melbourne for yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to be like Canberra is getting a lot more now too, mm. like than it used to. A lot of big. Big US names and yeah. a few more people are stopping through there now. Yeah, because it is a town that they do go out like, and they, you know, public servants do like a night out. Mm. Got a bit of cash to spend. Yes. So yeah, I think the um, a lot of those American comedians last year stopped mm. through there. How aware of you? Oh, how aware were you of comedy when you came to Melbourne? Like, did you when I sort of watch the gala on TV, I thought that was the comedy festival. Yeah. And then not realise how big the comedy festival was until I actually got to Melbourne. Yeah. Started seeing shows. I didn't realise there were hundreds and hundreds of shows. I just thought, oh, well, that was the Melbourne Comedy Festival, what you saw on TV. Yeah. How aware. Same. I, yeah. was, I was the same for a number of years. Mm. That was it. I never realised all that time that I was watching it as a kid that mm. there was, yeah, a program and – yeah. Weekly, you know, there was like you say a hundred shows. Yeah, I think well, I I knew maybe like oh seven oh eight when I started thinking about maybe having a go at stand up. I started looking and I knew more about the festival. And then mm. in oh nine when I came down to watch it, I got a yeah. guide and I just found the guide so cool. Yeah, and all these people I'd seen it's on great. the telly doing yeah. the solo, and we went and saw a bunch of solo yeah. shows. And um, it was after that that I really understood how it all works. Mm. Um, but I think people still now think. The gala is the comedy festival. Yeah, because you like you, I used to, you, and I still hear people say it now. They ask a friend at work, "Oh, are you going to the comedy festival?" They're like, "Oh no, I saw it." Yeah, saw it already. Saw, saw it on it. TV. TV. Yeah. 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 So it's still what's that thirty? Yeah, it's been going for thirty five or thirty six years. It still yeah. hasn't fully sunk in with everyone. Um, I remember when I still wasn't quite moved to Melbourne yet that I would just come down to see specific shows. Like I would go and see Will Anderson or Tom Gleeson. Yeah. And I still would have the blinders on and not realise how how big the comedy festival was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, that's another thing. It, it's um, Because it would be such a big event to go and, you know, if you're living somewhere like, you know, Cooma or Canberra yeah. or Gas, to just sort of come down 
you'd just be going down to see yes, Will see Anderson. Favorite. But now yeah. I see like multiple shows in, in yeah. a night. Yeah, I think that takes yeah. – that would take – that when you come your first time, yeah, I think you go and see a couple. Yeah. And then you slowly realise as you get more – you take more guides mm. home with you and you read them, you go, oh, yeah. they were there as well. Oh, yeah. This was there. And then each year you're like, I might see three, mm. I might see five. I've run into people that see – like 60. Yeah, that's my average every yeah. year. Yeah. Which is wild. Yeah. I did the um, the funny ton oh, one right. year. Yeah, yeah. What did you see that? Um, I saw, I think, around 80 yeah. odd shows. It was, it was the best year that I had at the comedy <laughs> festival because not only I got a I got a pass, so yeah. I could go in and see as many shows as I wanted and yeah. I got to write reviews of them. And, like, I'm a comedy fan anyway, so I would have yeah. given everyone, everyone a good review. Yeah. And I like, I like writing as well. Yeah. So I was working a hotel job that during that period overnight at a hotel. Yeah. So I'd go out and see some shows and then I'd go to that overnight job at around midnight Yeah. and then just write up the reviews on my shit. That's so good. Yeah, it was great. It was good That's fun. perfect. And yeah. then you sleep during the day yeah. and go again. Yeah, Wow. exactly. That's that's pretty good. It was a great time. Yeah, you've, you've really found all the <laughs> the perfect things there. Yeah. Can you do Funny Town twice or are you only allowed um, I'm not sure. I don't It'd be know great if the, you just did it. Uh, yeah, I, would, I should apply for it again. Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe they allow it if it's been a three or four year. Maybe. Yeah. I could always try. Try under an yeah. alias. I remember I went to that um, because I was um, doing the funny time that year, I went to that awards thing the comedy festival does every year. And oh, yeah, yeah. Just having my mind blown. Oh, that's Bill Anderson walking straight past me. Yeah. Just mingling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Comedy is yeah. one where it's it's not like – yeah, movies or no. sports. Yeah. You just see, you get. You, I moved here, and I reckon like within six months, I saw Jim Owen and Bob Franklin at a gig. Yeah, and I'd seen them in my hometown when I was like seventeen. Mm. Bob supporting Jim. Yeah, and they're just at this Thursday night. Yeah, about forty people there. That's not, well, and I'm on with them. Yeah. And I'm just like, <laughs> that's another thing that sort of blew blew my mind a little bit when I sort of start to actively see more and more shows during the comedy festivals, just walking outside that town hall and just seeing people that you've oh, watched on yeah. TV walking past you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It's it was great. It was great. It's it was great fun, but now it's sort of become, you know, I think uh, some of the magic has <laughs> yeah, sort of gone now. Yeah. 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 It's definitely um I don't I I don't get as starstruck as I, as I once yeah. did. Probably more for like movie stars or musicians. Mm. Um, I've had this weird thing in the last probably two years. I really like a band called Boy and Bear, Australian yeah. band. Right, and I I reckon I've been on planes with them six times. Yeah, which is that's weird, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's a lot of times. Yeah, that's like yeah. the amount of times out, and I'm not following where they're going. <laughs> it's just coincidental. Yeah. Like we're on a Plane mm. and it's yeah. I'm like, am I supposed? Does this mean I should go and say good day? Like, <laughs> I, I got to Perth this year, like in la, sorry last year, 2023 in August. I was in Perth doing my show over there, mm. and it was early morning. I got the first flight back out of Perth, and the lead singer was like, I have a entry to the lounge, and he walked past the lounge, and he was on his own. I was like, should I just ask him? <laughs> Come bring him in for plus one. Mm. I don't. Mm. I'll say you don't have to talk to me. You can just. On me, come yeah. in and have a coffee, yeah, yeah. get some wheat bix. Yeah, and I didn't do it, and I was like, "Fuck, I should." Should have. Yeah, why yeah. not? What, yeah. what is there to lose? Exactly. Yeah, I think over the course of doing this podcast has certainly desensitized me to, um, you know, being starstruck. 
Yeah, yeah. Because I think very early on we got Andrew Hansen on the podcast from yeah, The Chaser, yeah. who I grew up, watched, grew up watching <laughs> yeah. The Chaser's War on Everything. And I just sort of go back and listen to that episode, just the nerves in my voice, like yeah. how shaky my voice was <laughs> during that because that was the most sort of starstruck I've ever been yeah. on the podcast. Now, you know, we get a whole ton of people on the yeah. podcast so didn't even realise we would be able to have get access to before. Yeah. And... Yes, it's crazy. Mm, <laughs> it's crazy yeah. how sort of life exactly. ends out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think like it's there's something about getting older and you lose the yeah. And I think it's because you slowly understand um, how it all works and how they got to there. Yes, and you've been down here and you've been in the scene. You've been yeah. going to shows, yes. so you've seen their faces a lot. Yeah, and you understand it more rather than you just coming from yes yeah and seeing them on the steps yeah exactly. you've seen them on TV exactly it's yeah. just that becoming yeah you you're in it yeah you're in, you're in the same industry it's odd yeah it's strange <laughs> um I mean the Auntie Donna guys have offices here yeah, which is yeah, another yeah. strange thing so yeah um this has been a great chat thank you so much for coming in and no doing worries, this today I've been wanting to get you on for a long time I enjoyed it um. You got a show coming up at the comedy festival? I do. Or, or all the festivals? Going around again. What's it about? This what's, one. What's the premise? Well, <laughs> I don't I, I sort of stopped doing premises yeah. since that yeah. that yeah. gambling one. <laughs> I try and just pack as many observational gags that I I, mm-hmm. I start writing in June the previous year and I write mm-hmm. up until basically Perth Fringe show February. Yeah. And just out most nights testing it and the best stuff sort of goes in and then I just sort of piece it together to make it look like it is one whole thing. So yeah. there's stuff, yeah, there's all, a lot of observation. But we did get broken into our house. Really? Or broken into last year. So that is a, there's a bit of a, well, I wouldn't say a through line, but there's a, a little bit of a, yeah. a story that's sort Holy of shit. That's scattered through yeah. the show about um, that, the funny side of that and the shit side. Um, so that, yeah, yeah, that's kind of loosely. But and then it's just about all sorts of shit. Um, yeah. Teenagers annoying me. Um, family stuff, yeah. friends, ice baths. Yeah, there's lots of lots of topics. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you're hitting all the topics there. Yeah, yeah, hitting them all, and hit yeah all the festivals. So yeah, Adelaide, Perth, Canberra, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, and then I'll do back half of the year. I'll do nice. another tour. Can't wait to see it. Cheers, mate. What What are the words of wisdom you live by? Um, you know what I like? I like, I really like, um, if you only do what you've always done, you'll only get what you've always got. That's yeah, great. I like that one. I like that one a lot. Mm. Thank you so much. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me.